It's Saturday at 6. It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews, and live sessions. Live from the Radio Nova Studios in the Dublin Docklands. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Backstage. On this evening's show, you're going to be hearing from Wilco Johnson, hugely influential guitarist and co-founder of Dr. Feelgood. He was playing at the Ivy Gardens last night as special guest to Richard Hawley. Wilco is credited as being one of the founding influences of the English punk movement. So we'll be hearing how he achieved just that. I'll be chatting to the notorious Electric Six frontman Dick Valentine ahead of his forthcoming show at Academy 2 with Temple of the Dog announcing their surprise reunion. I'll be playing a great tune for their much-loved debut album, which this year celebrates its 25th anniversary. Knockin' Stockin' Festival kicked off as of yesterday and one of the bands playing today are the Hot Sprockets, so I've got a great live one from them. Backstage on Radio Nova. Wilco Johnson is a singer, guitarist and songwriter. He was the co-founder of Dr. Feelgood and guitarist with Injury and the Blockheads. He now adds astrologer and actor to his impressive CV. You may have seen him in Game of Thrones. Heavily influenced by legendary guitarist Mick Green from 60s rockers Johnny Kidd and the Pirates, Wilco employs a fingerstyle chop chord strumming action, or the stab as he describes it. This allows for chords and lead to be played at the same time, giving a fluency and a distinctive sound very unlike the cleaner swat of a pick. With this economic sound coupled with that black suited scowling look and the yards he covered across the stage pausing only to twist the lead uh, the guitar lead out from under his feet Wilco became one of the guitar heroes of that era Joe Strummer of The Clash bought a Telecaster after seeing Wilco play Alan McGee, who ran Creation Records and managed Oasis, has described Wilco as one of his all-time heroes and adding that he was a national treasure. The guitarist was presented with the Icon Award at the Q Awards in 2014. So before you go backstage with Wilco Johnson, who played Ivy Gardens last night, I'm going to first play you a track from Dr. Feelgood. This is Milk and Alcohol on Radio Nova.
What a tune. Perfect one for the Saturday evening. Milk and alcohol from Dr. Feelgood on Radio Nova. And you're about to get an insight into how Wilco Johnson of Dr. Feelgood helped contribute to the birth of punk in the UK. The hugely influential guitarist has been through quite a roller coaster after being diagnosed with incurable pancreatic cancer. And looking at death directly in the eye, he actually experienced a miraculous turnaround. When, you know, I spent that year expecting to die. And, uh, there was, that, there was such a, an, an intense year, experience-wise, you know, like, the kind of, it really makes you think about things, you know, and, and uh, some of the kind of uh, insights and things you can get into, into, into life and what's real and what is not and all that, it, it's, it's quite extraordinary. If, if you, you know, you are actually faced with death, yeah. To the extent that, that sometimes during that year, I think, I'll tell you what, it, it's almost worth it, you know. It's wow. almost worth it. Not quite, but almost. But, yeah, in, insights and things. And then, of course, the, I, I ended that year with um, making making an album with Roger Daltrey and thinking that was going to be the last thing I ever did. And, and then these <laughs> great people from Addenbrooke's Hospital turned up and, and saved my life. And now I'm I'm having to get used to the idea that I'm not going to die. Just <laughs> wow! I mean, like I say, it was just such an extraordinary year. At the at the end of the year, I was I was make, actually making the album with Roger Daltrey. Wow! Really, and I was really thinking, right, this this is going to be the last thing I ever do. I'm probably never even going to see this record released. You know that, but I was uh, I was already uh, into a, mu- a month into kind of extra time that they're given me, you know, and uh, the tumour wouldn't wait. And uh, and then this person that I knew who happened to be a cancer doctor started thinking about me and was wondering why I wasn't dead and came to see me and, and told me to go and see his uh, friend, uh, Mr. Emmanuel Hugay, who is a surgeon at Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge. So I went to see Mr. Hugay, and I found myself... What a guy. He's my hero, this guy. Oh, my God. I'm sitting in his office, you know, and he's explaining to me, you know, what's going on and what he thinks they can do. And I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, is this man telling me that he can save my life? I, I I I couldn't take it in. You know, because I'd, I'd spent a year. The way I the way I handled that year was by accepting that I was going to die, and thinking, okay, I'm going to die, but I I just want to make I want I want to make the best of what I've got left, and to absolutely accept it and not follow any false hopes or go looking for miracle cure or anything like that. So I, that, that that's the, that was the state of my mind, and then there I was with this man telling me he. <laughs> He 
could fix it. And he did. <laughs> you know, um, um, what can you say? It's all very weird. What I had was not the normal type of pancreatic cancer, but something else. But as I say, I was just, I was just looking at him and kind of nodding and, and thinking, is this man telling me he can do something? You know, when I, I've, I've had this year thinking, you know, like, well, I'm... I'm You are backstage with Wilco Johnson on Radio Nova. Before you hear about how Wilco and Dr. Feelgood contributed to the birth of punk rock in the UK, let's take another song from Dr. Feelgood. I absolutely love this. This was the debut single from the band released in November 1974. This is Rock Set from Dr. Feelgood on Radio Nova. What a song from Dr. Feelgood. That is Roxette and Radio Nova. That's the debut single from the band that was written by Wilco Johnson. Now, before you hear about how Wilco and Dr. Feelgood contributed to the birth of punk rock in England, you're about to first hear Wilco's experience of collaborating with The Who's Roger Daltrey on the 2014 album, Going Back Home. Making that album with Roger, it was just, it was so strange. Because, I mean, I, I, we'd had this idea, I mean, two or three years ago, 
uh, I'd been talking with Roger, and he'd said to me, you know, we should make an album together sometime. And I'd gone, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we never actually did anything about it. And then, then when he heard that uh, I was terminally ill, he got back in touch and said, here, let, let, let's make that album. <laughs> yeah. So I said, yeah, well, we better do it quick. You know, so, we, you know, we did do it quick. And it was strange. When they diagnosed me, they, they told me I'd got 10 months to live. And, uh, in fact, when I went into the studio with Roger, it was the, the 11th month. I was already in extra time. Wow. And so, you know, I was, but, but I thought the end was very near. Oh, it was just kind of strange making that record because, uh, you know, sometimes I would step outside the studio and walk around in the dark and think, wow, you know, this is really weird. I'm, I'm going to die. And I'm in a studio making an album with Roger Daltrey. It's like a dream, you know. And, it, and uh, I've, I've had a pretty good life. I've had a good fun. Now I'm ending it up doing this, and that, that's great. And what I didn't know was I wasn't ending it up. There was there were more surprises to come, you know. Oh, man, someone's looking down on you. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> okay, it, it, Makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah. Roger Dodge, then, would he, would he have been one of your icons? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the Who, one of, the, one of the greatest of rock bands, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't know Roger personally. I'd, just, I'd met him once or twice, you mm. know. I didn't know him personally or anything. So, it, yeah, it was like, it was just like, it, like I say, it was like a weird dream being in, being in a studio with, 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 a, with a kind of superstar making the making this record you know and, and, and looking at it now I'm going to die <laughs> but it's, it's just mad it's just it's just such an incredible incredible thing Wilco God it's amazing now I've got to actually have to rewind the tape and just take a look at punk and you know the start of your career and do you know, I'm, I'm actually really lucky I've just got to recently interview Wayne Kramer of course legendary yeah. guitarist MC5 and whose style has been recognised as the prototype for punk rock and Brian James who's in The Damned and he was telling me how he felt punk rock evolved in London and initially you know it was like a fashion thing instigated by Malcolm McLaren by way of using the Sex Pistols, but you yourself have been credited as being one of the founding influences of the English punk movement. So tell me, your experience, how did punk begin? How did it begin? Yeah. Ah, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I was there, but, but I kind of wasn't there. My, my memories of the beginning of it, I mean, we, we'd kind of ha- had our year in 75, I suppose, kind of m- making it with, with uh, Dr. Feelgood. And... Then I remember Dave Higgs from Eddie and the Hot Rods, who came from Canby Island, te- one day saying to me that he'd done a gig with this band called the Sex Pistols. And I remember going, wow, what a great name for a band. And, uh, and the next thing I know, I was, I was in New York looking at the Daily Mirror, and it was all on the front of the Daily Mirror about this shocking band called the Sex Pistols. And that's my memory of the I mean, how it all began. I don't know, because I was kind of gigging around the world. Well, listen, but you've, you've been um, credited as being one of the guys to actually instigate the whole thing in London. So for you and with Dr. Feelgood, what do you think it was about, about that time that helped forge that way forward for punk rock? When we started to play in London, we'd got our whole thing together and it, it was just a new... Th- what we were doing, although it was a very old thing, was actually at that point in the early 70s a, a, a kind of new thing. And it didn't surprise me when, when people dug it because it was, a th- it was just simplicity and mm. energy. And then I, th- I think that's what happened again in the mid-70s with the punk bands. They, they, they were just 
coming across with that same thing, which I, which I think they kind of inherited from Dr. Feelgood. Mm, they did indeed. I mean, looking at some of the people and the things people have said, like Paul Weller saying, uh, Wilco may not be as famous as some of the other guitars, but he's right up there and there are a lot of people who say the same. I can hear Wilco in lots of places. It's some legacy. And then um, Jean-Jacques Brunel of The Stranglers saying that you guys provided that DNA, you know, allowing them to go from one thing to another, that whole connection between old times and the punk times. And you did draw a lot of your your in influences from old times, I guess, looking back at Johnny Kidd and the Pirates and that. So what was it about the ethos of old school rock and roll and yeah, R&B that I, lended I mean, yourself? In fact, you mentioned Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. Mm. And he off, uh, working with Roger, now Dr. Pilgrim were very influenced by Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. I remember uh, we had, uh, when we had our first rehearsal and I said to the band, I said, right, we, we've got to be just like Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. And then Roger Daltrey told me that, in fact, the Who, in their very early days, had supported... Johnny Kidd and the Pirates at a gig, flipped and thought that's the way to do it and decided that what they wanted was a, a three-piece band with a singer. And so Roger stopped playing the guitar and became just a singer. So they were, and they were very influenced by Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. And in fact, you can hear it in Pete Townsend's playing and just as well as you can hear it in mine. That's absolutely incredible, man. It's just to hear those kind of points um, that, that happen to bands where they reach a point and then absolutely their direction completely changes. Brilliant chatting to you. Thank you so much, Uncle Johnson, for your time. And seriously, congratulations on an incredible recovery. And uh, you. you've obviously got uh, a lot of cats' lives there, don't you? Okay, thank you very much. Backstage on Radio Nova. Joining me a bit later on in the show will be Electric Six frontman Dick Valentine. Connor Irwin of Radio Nova is joining me backstage next to reveal some very exciting music news from this week. You'll be hearing the latest regarding Liam Gallagher and Bruce Springsteen. Jack White's Third Man Records is set to create history. And there is some very exciting news regarding David Bowie. So I'm going to play one from the legendary Much Missed Man himself from Mr. Bowie. This is Suffragette City on Radio Nova. <laughs> This time 
your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. On Radio Nova. Backstage. Music news update. And joining me now is Connor Irwin of Radio Nova. Hey, Connor, you've got a lot to report on this week. Got one of the Gallagher brothers making some noise, vinyl in space, very exciting new music revelations, including one regarding Mr. David Bowie, who we just heard there before. Hey, Sinead. Yeah, normally we do like three bits of news in this bit, but there has been so much great news this week. I think I'll just race through a load of all the really good bits. So here we go. An unreleased David Bowie album, The Gouster, is on its way. It's appearing in the latest box set, which is Who Can I Be Now, 74 to 76, which follows on the award-winning Five Years, 69 to 73. Tony Visconti says it was recorded kind of in and around Young Americans, um, and it's all about what he says is 40 minutes of glorious funk. Can't wait for it. That is going to be amazing. Wow, that is amazing news. Go, Tony Visconti. On now, Connor, to the latest from Liam Gallagher. More new music on the way from Liam Gallagher. He has teased his return to the music scene, saying on Twitter, Be afraid, you so-called troubadours and you plastic rock and rollers. Give your paper crown one last cuddle, because I'm on my way. So we can expect some new stuff from Liam Gallagher. Bruce Springsteen set to release a very different solo album, we're told. Uh, That's according to his manager, John Landau. It's not going to be with the E Street Band, but he says that doesn't mean that it's going to be a kind of a stripped-back kind of acoustic affair like the ghost of Tom Joad or Devils and Dust or Nebraska. It is going to be, what he says is, a very expansive, rich record, one of Bruce's best creative efforts. Again, we don't really know when that's coming out, but it'll be out soon enough. And then... Third Man Records, promising to make vinyl history on July 30th. Apparently they're going to play some vinyl in space. And we're getting The Beatles, a new updated version of their only fully official live gig album. So, the Hollywood Bowl, live at the Hollywood Bowl. 1977 it was originally released. We're going to get a new one. It's coming out on September 9th and a vinyl version on November 18th. Nice. I'm looking forward to seeing how Jack White plans to have his vinyl played in space. What a week for music news. What an unbelievable week of news. Have a great weekend. You too, Connor.